Church family, welcome to Worship Online. We're going to start by singing, and we're going to sing Build Your Kingdom Here. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. So with the sinner's restless 
I love a really good movie. Uh, in fact, superhero movies are my favorite. If you know me well, I'm a big Marvel fan. My whole family is really, but I really like any kind of superhero. Um, I just think that when you watch these, they're, they're packed with just this epic adventure that we can learn from. And as a pastor, I've really uh, not been able to, for the last almost 19 years of ministry, I've not been able to um, watch a movie without finding something to teach. And so uh, last week I was watching a movie with my kids and we were watching Justice League. And in this movie, Batman is trying to assemble a, a team of super champions together, these superheroes, and they're going to take on all these, uh, this big massive army of villains. Uh, the, the main villain's name is Steppenwolf and he's leading an army uh, in search of this weapon that's going to destroy, powerful enough to destroy the whole planet. Uh, and at this point, humanity needs a uh, a hero. And so um, the world of heroics and villainy is actually humanized when a high school student, Barry Allen, is invited to join this group. Initially, Allen, who's also the Flash, by the way, um, is invited to join this group and he's super excited. He wants to be a superhero. Um, but when it comes down to doing what the superhero actually has to do, which is what we know is save people, uh, he kind of gets cold feet and he's not, he's not, uh, certain about himself. He becomes paralyzed with this uncertainty. And he begins to talk to uh, the Batman. And, and this is what he says to Batman. He says, here's the thing. See, I'm afraid of bugs and guns and obnoxiously tall people. I can't be here. 
It's a really cool. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. And then Batman kind of brings some clarity to him. And, and what I'm going to about to read is is what what Batman and Flash are exchanging. So Batman says these two simple words. Batman says, "Save one," and the Flash says, "What? Save one person? Which one?" Batman says, don't talk, don't fight, get in, get one out. And then, and Batman ends this conversation with, you'll know. Let's look at this spiritually. How many times have you felt overwhelmed in your faith? You see, it's nice to be a part of a group. It's, it's nice to be a part of a church. But it's difficult when it comes to doing what the church is supposed to do. It's great to know that you're saved. We all love that. Uh, It's great to have fellowship with like-minded people. But when it's time to practice what you're learning, that's the difficult part. That's a different story. You see, having a faith in Jesus that is active is not easy. In fact, there are a couple of things to keep in mind when we try to live this active faith. The first one is big tasks are commonly uh, accompanied by doubts. Uh, We have doubts. All of us, I don't care who you are, you have doubts. And when you're tasked with something as big as as living for Jesus, we begin to doubt ourselves. That's why we need God's power in our weakness. Number two is sometimes Jesus doesn't ask us to do big, heroic deeds. He merely calls us to to do the small deeds, to be his agents of kindness and love to the people right in front of us. The point is that your life, no matter how grand or how ordinary, it's meant to make a difference. The whole church, every believer, is called to the same ministry. And that ministry is making disciples. And we all have a vital role to play. So before we get started into our passage this morning, would you just pray with me? Father, we thank you. We praise you, God, for this opportunity to come. And uh, set in our living rooms or in our cars or wherever we are uh, to watch this and to, to worship you. God, I ask that you would guide us through your word. Holy Spirit, teach us to obey. Take us over, Lord. Have your way with us. And Jesus, help us to always fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar passage. Uh, We're going to be in verses uh, 18 through 20. This is called the Great Commission. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe All that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This passage is so familiar in the church today. But I think we we read it and we don't get it. You see, we love to be comfortable and, and kind of be in our little bubbles all the time, but that's not what this passage is at all suggesting. See, when the passage we just read... This is one of the last things Jesus actually says and commands to his disciples before he ascends. 
You see, we've been looking in the last couple of weeks as this Easter season um, at the Passion Week, or what I have called the, the week that changed the world. And it all culminated in what we celebrated last week, the resurrection of Jesus. And we need to know about the implications of the resurrection, like because of the resurrection, we are free from sin and death for those who believe. But also there's something that we need to look at, one other thing that we need to consider when looking at the resurrection, and that is our role that we play. You see, we all have a command to make disciples. Not one single believer alive today can escape this role. This is your role. This is my role. Now, how we do this is is all different. We've been gifted in different ways to do this. Some do it through music, some through preaching or, or writing or whatever it might be. But we all have the role of making disciples. And this is what is commanded by Jesus. And what we need to understand is that what Jesus accomplished on the cross and in his resurrection enables believers to then go and change the world. In this life, according to our passage, we are to, number one, recognize authority of Christ. We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to baptize them. And we are to continue to teach them. So let me break that down a little bit farther. By recognizing the authority of Christ, what we're doing is, is we're saying, Lord, you are king. You are God of my life. And I submit humbly to you. You see, that's the first step in your faith is recognizing who he really is. And then we need to make disciples of all nations. This, this idea of making disciples is, is a command. It's to go and make like-minded people. That means what you know to be true, you go and you teach others. You help them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then we are to baptize them. Scripture says that we are to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. But we don't just baptize them and let them go. We need to continue to teach them. You see, that's what discipleship is supposed to look like. Where, where we are teaching them what Jesus is all about. You see, this is what our lives are to look like no matter where we are. Wherever we go, this is it. The most important thing that you as a Christian, me as a Christian, that we can do is make disciples. But it's not an easy task. I've never met anybody who says, man, this is just the easiest thing I've ever done. And that's why it's so easy to get overwhelmed. But we have to remember is that because of what Jesus did, we have the power to change the world. This is not our own power, and we have to stop living that way. We have to stop living like, like we can do this. We can't on our own. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascends into heaven, he, he sends the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, up, upon his disciples at the day of Pentecost. And, and it's because of that Spirit that the church begins to grow because the power of God in them. See, not all of us will make disciples on a grand scale or in the eye of the world. Some will make disciples in their families. In fact, parents, that is your job with your kids is to disciple them. Some will make disciples just in their neighborhoods. That's a big deal. I've never been a pastor of a megachurch, yet I've still made disciples. 
You see, it doesn't matter how grand the scale is. Wherever God has placed you, make disciples. Because the reality is, is we cannot and must not keep Jesus to ourselves. Why would we want to? If you were excited because of what Jesus has done for you, why would you keep it to yourself? Think about it. When something exciting happens to you, you usually tell everyone. When you got engaged, what did you do? You told everyone. Nowadays, everybody puts everything on Facebook. Uh, When you get a a new car, you tell everyone. Or, Or something even more serious, when you beat a disease like cancer, you tell everyone because it's exciting. You see, whatever it is, whatever it is, we are to be excited about it and we are to share it. I remember when I got saved at church camp when I was 15, I was so excited to get home so I could go, go and tell people because we were, we were really challenged that week to, to go and, and start to make disciples. And, and I, when I got home, I just, I kind of put my stuff in the kitchen, or in, not in the kitchen, but in my bedroom. And, and then I told my mom what had happened and, and how exciting of a week I had. And, and then I just went door to door in our apartment, apartment complex and I knocked on every door. And because and, I had to tell them what, what Jesus had done for me. Uh, I went across the street to the Clarks and I told them and I went over to the other neighbors. And I just made sure that in my neighborhood people understood. I was ecstatic. And I know that we get busy. We get preoccupied. We get scared. And for some, you fear rejection. So the question I have for you is what keeps you from making disciples? What is it that keeps you from making disciples? Is it fear? Is it busyness? See, notice the passage says, of all nations. That's key. Of all nations. Because I think sometimes what holds us back is our own preconceived ideas of people. Our comfortable nature. This week, as you can tell, I cut my hair. <laughs> and I decided to have a little bit of fun with that. And uh, so I had my wife uh, make a mohawk. And I put it on Facebook and said, what do you all think about this? And it was funny because you guys know me. I know you who commented on it. Uh, it was good fun. Um, you know, but, but what it really taught was for me was, was that oftentimes we look at people and we, we see that picture or we see that that image and that's what we that's what we judge them on so so for some i got some like yuck don't do that you know or or uh you know give it up you're losing your hair type stuff which i know that's why i keep it short and although it was fun what we can learn from it is sometimes we look at people and we pass judgment before we even talk to them i think we all do i know i've done it we tend to decide who is and who is not worthy simply by appearance. I, I have a few friends that are look kind of rough and uh, but are very godly godly people and and I know that they get judged constantly by the way they look or or because they have tattoos or, or something of that nature. They're judged by an appearance. I think we got to be careful when we do that. Because what happens when we make that judgment and we decide never to share the gospel with those people or that person 
because we're uncomfortable. May we never be hindered from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ because of someone's appearance, race, social status, sexuality, or anything else that causes us to pass judgment. The gospel is meant for all to know that anyone could believe. It's meant for all to know that anyone could believe. That's the beauty of what Jesus has done. He came and he went to the cross, taking our sin and our shame for all people. Jew, Gentile, slave, free, no matter what you are. All people, all people have a right to hear the gospel. So ask yourself, what holds me back? It's time that we trust in Jesus to overcome these fears and excuses. I, I have them too. I, everybody I come in contact with doesn't hear the gospel. And that's, that's my bad. You see, it's time that we be bold in our faith and that we make disciples. I believe that you cannot say you love people and at the same time withhold the gospel from them. It doesn't work. That doesn't fit together. You can't say, I love people and withhold the gospel. So I challenge you to make disciples of all nations. Baptize them. Teach them to obey. Church, if we can do this, we will see the church explode. Just look at the first century church. And it wasn't their power, was it? It was the power of the Spirit and their willingness to obey. We will see disciples making disciples as it was intended to do. Jesus is alive. So do your best to proclaim the good news and then go and make disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your grace. Every one of us watching this this morning, every one of us are not worthy of your grace. But for those of us who believed in you, Jesus, have been given life only because of your love and sacrifice. And I praise you for that, Jesus. Empower us, embolden us, Lord, to live for you. Help us, God, to understand the vitality of living in this life and sharing the good news. And may you be glorified, Jesus. May you, Jesus, shine through us. And Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that it is by your grace that we are saved. In your name we pray. Amen.